We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. We apologize. We're a little bit later today, but that is for good reason. We are doing a little bit of a practice recap from today. We got some media availability for the site the day after the scrimmage. So we had both these guys, Vince D'Addario and Sean Davis, boots on the ground today for Notre Dame practice. After our recap, which will last about 20 minutes or so, depending on how the conversation's going, we are going to get in to, of course, our weekly mailbag. It is a Friday. So thank you Woo! all before we start. Oh, there's Vance, because I know he is pumped up about the mailbag. And I'm excited Always. to hear about the practice. Get well, it's my last mailbag for a while, too. So, Man, you is know. Is this like an ode to, ode to Vince D'Addario today? So, <laughs> it's, it's a very sad moment in the history of Irish Breakdown. But we'll get into all more of that. Before we start today, if you could please like, share, Subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. Hit that notification bell. And, of course, share it with your friends. We are only a couple of weeks away from the official start of Notre Dame football. Yes. um, September 3rd in the shoe. Going to be a lot of fun. Sean, we already heard from Vince. This is his last mailbag for a little bit here, sir. But how are you doing, Sean? I know you got a chance to check out practice. Wonderful. Yeah, it was a great day down there. I think the first time, Vince, we were there together – it was really humid that day. Yes, it was. It was really humid. Today was more pleasant, more pleasant, nice weather, nice breeze coming through. Yeah. So, yeah, it was and it was great practice. Yeah, and we were in the shade most of the time, so you can't really yeah. complain about that part of it. So yeah, yeah it was a good um it was good for us, for yeah. sure. Nobody was tapping out because they were too hot or too tired. So that's always good too. That includes the media. Um and Today was uh, an open practice for us, but it was also an open practice for family. There was a lot mm-hmm. of family members there. Nice. Um, and so they were, uh, if I'm being selfish, taking the prime seats that uh, I would have liked to have so I could see a little higher up. But, hey, mm-hmm. when the family's in town, you know, you, you, you allow that to happen. So, But it was good. It was fun to hear some of the conversations behind me from some of the parents and, you know, things like that. But it was a good practice overall. Uh, not – well, I'll let you jump into it. I'll, I'll let you yeah. kind of lead us where you want us to go here, Ryan. Well, no, I, I love it, Vince, because, of course, you're the gentleman that's going to let the family – you would have let them sit there even if they, if you could uh, have taken their seats. But <laughs> we are going to dive into this day of practice, which, like Vince said, it's a little bit of a different format. I know I should probably introduce myself. Hi, everyone. I'm Ryan Roberts, the uh, director of scouting here. I am in the big man's chair today, Mr. Brian Driscoll, but don't you worry, because I know everybody loves to see Brian every single day, especially on Fridays. He's behind the scenes, so say hi to Brian. He's still behind the uh, the curtains, if you will, here at Irish Breakdown. So, Vince, I know you mentioned, and I really want to start out with this, we had a full padded practice yesterday. It was the right. last time that we will see them be able to take runners to the grounds, be physical, full padded, full contact true scrimmage that Notre Dame was able to have yesterday. Let me let, fill people in. Cause you mentioned a little bit about the family being there and, and a little bit of, but it, it was, it was a little bit more of a laid back non-padded environment. If you just want to kind of lay yeah. out exactly what the format of the practice was today. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, so it was very, uh, as you would anticipate after a full scrimmage, that you take it a little bit easier physically the next day, right? Totally understandable. The stinky part is this is the one that we get to see the whole practice of, right? Now, I love the fact that we get to see the whole practice, don't get me wrong, but I would have loved to see a full padded practice. So we get a little bit more from the lines and a little bit more tackling, you know, things of that nature. But it is fully anticipated that after you do a full scrimmage that they would be in a non-padded scenario. And that's what we had today. And from a schematic standpoint, when they were doing seven on seven and they were doing team and they were doing things of that nature, it was a lot of underneath stuff. It was a lot of check downs. It was a lot of, you know, running back swings, you know, things like that. I think two balls went downfield. One was by Drew Pine. One was by Steve Angeli. That was it. Everything else was underneath. And I mentioned in my practice report that the defense looked really good. They were flying all over the football. But I think some of that, a little piece of that, is that they knew everything's going to kind of be in front of them, right? So they were able to fly to the football a little bit easier and things of that nature. So um, I think the biggest thing is people have to understand what the practice was like. And then all the rest of our comments will make sense. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, you have to know what to expect out of it, right? It's it's not like you're going to get a... I feel bad for you, Sean, because you know, I mean, you're the resident offensive line and defensive guy, and you got to see a non-padded practice. But we're going to get into a little bit of the main takeaways that we had today. If you have not seen it, I like Vince just said, he had his practice report that was published on the Irish Breakdown message board. If you're not signed up, you should go to boards.irishbreakdown.com. We'll get to a lot of the context, but if you want to see the full scope, the full practice report, I would sign up right there. It's below my pretty face. So if you want to go there, I would definitely check out. Vince, you, I feel like it's not the worst day in the world for you, despite there not being pads on, because you are a resident skill position guy. And I know everybody, as always, wants to start with quarterback, of course. Right, well, yeah. Tyler Buckner named the starting quarterback. We have that answer, was named a few days ago. How did Tyler Buckner look just generally in this practice? What was your main takeaway from his performance today? Yeah, so clearly Tyler was the number one. He had 100% of the one reps, right? Drew Pine had 100% of the two reps. Everything is starting to gel out from a practice, you know, standpoint as far as that is concerned. I will say, and again, everything was underneath, a lot of timing patterns across the middle, 
uh, flares out to the to the running backs, um, hitches to the to the um, slot man, you know, things of that nature, trying to take advantage of what the defense was giving them, things like that. What stood out to me is it feels like Tyler's getting more and more comfortable with his receivers. The timing is better. The placement of the ball is better. Uh, one of the media members was sitting next to me, kind of leans over. He's like, I think people are going to be really surprised at the accuracy of Tyler Buckner once the season starts. I said, I think you're absolutely right. Because that's the biggest knock is people are worried about his accuracy and things like that. I was very impressed today with his accuracy. Now, did he force a couple of balls? Absolutely. But again, the defense was cheating a little bit. You know what I mean? They were coming down hard on some of those throws. Those are It's not going to be that way in a regular game situation. So um, I don't think that he was doing a bunch of reads and things like that. I think a lot of it was very, very predetermined in the past game because they didn't want to show us a bunch of stuff. I get it. I, I totally get it. Tyler Buckner did not throw one ball past about 10 or 15 yards, right? Nothing long, not one thing. It was all crossers and, you know, uh, out patterns and things like that. I was very impressed. I think he's he's establishing a great relationship with Michael Mayer. Duh, that shouldn't be hard to do, right? Lorenzo Styles, uh, Kevin Bauman, uh, Loren- uh, uh, Braden Lindsay. I felt like the relationship has gotten a lot better with those guys for sure. And Sean, I know we're going to get an offensive line play in a second, but just kind of your general takeaways from Tyler specifically. I think one thing that really stuck with me, Vince just said, was kind of the comfort in his own skin in the role that he has. What was your just your observations of him as far as not only the comfort, but also the commands that he has? Because we've talked about this a bunch, right? Whether Tyler Buckner is ready as a leader right now, he is de facto leader now that he steps in the huddle. He is the starting quarterback. So what was your takeaways from Tyler today? Just to add on to what Vince already said, you know, he is the leader of that offense. So, you know, he's the point guard of the offense. And I would say he is extremely comfortable running the offense, getting others involved. All right. From a point guard conversation. Is he necessarily comfortable shooting a three point shot? (laughs) That's that's going to come. Right. You have to shoot in order to get better at shooting. And that's going to come. And as Ben said, we really didn't see them ball down the field, make reads. But that's just playing that position. You have to play games and take reps to get better at those things. So the other things in the offense, facilitating, knowing the offense, getting guys set up, leading. And, yo, he loves it when it's an RPO. Like, anytime it's an RPO, he's, man, comfort zone right there. So. We're just about to watch the maturation of a quarterback that I think eventually, right now, you have to feel really good that he might up be might end up being the best quarterback in the last 10 years at Notre Dame. Yeah. He really he wow. might. He has that promise. And I don't mind saying it this early from what we've seen thus far. I feel really good about what he can do. I love it, man. No, I love it. There's big expectations I have a great feeling about what he's going to accomplish this year, and we're just starting to get a little bit of taste of it. Appreciate the quarterback insight. Sean, besides for obviously Tyler Buckner being named the starting quarterback previously, and what perhaps the biggest piece of news that we've gotten from a Notre Dame perspective is, of course, Jared Patterson is going yeah. to be evaluated after 10 days. That was announced yesterday. And to see, so he's kind of a game time decision right now for the Notre Dame's opening game against the Ohio State Buckeyes. So you t- you took a- your eyes on the offensive line, of course. I love mm-hmm. being able to chop and talk offensive line with you because we are we are bred in the same way in that department. But you got to see the replacement for Jared Patterson potentially. So what was just some key takeaways? And, and more specifically, maybe to start, what did the left guard position look like today for Notre Dame? Well, you know, a lot of guys tried to hand it there, but Christophic was in there to start with the main group to start out. Uh, no, a couple of reps, you know, he ended up on the ground. He was limping a little bit after a couple of plays, but he got back in there. The offensive line, I think this has been echoed over the last few days. They're really good. They just really are. And they're going up against a really good defensive front. So when you see them kind of dominate and open holes on back-to-back plays or for a short period of time, and then, of course, the defensive line will respond and come back at them because of the competition, you know they're making each other better. So I don't – I think I was texting with Brian, and I said, I don't know 
other than Clemson, I don't see any defensive line better than what they're facing every day. Like what they see yeah. every day, they yeah. won't see anybody that rivals that until they face Clemson in November. You might have a – I mean, I know BYU has a really big, you know, defensive line. But other than that, I, I really don't see it. I know North Carolina has some young, talented guys. But, yo, they're really good, Vince. They're really good. And all we – man, look, there's nothing better than trying to watch practice and trying to watch the quarterbacks or another position and just hear Harry just finish, 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 yeah. and uttering all types of words that probably wouldn't be or shouldn't go across our airways right now. But he is on top of these guys, like mm-hmm. to the T, to the fundamentals, like stick with your block, move your feet, stop stopping your feet. Like constantly, he's going at these guys. I know that the uh, seven on seven, no, it was a team rep. The first team rep, he was getting on the second offensive line unit because they were trying to run the uh, play action rollouts, and the defensive line was just getting in the quarterback's face way too early. He, man, he just walked them from the left sideline all the way to the other hash yeah. and into the huddle and was letting them have it as everybody else was switching out to run the next play. So, just the coaching and the talent. You just expect them to dominate. You expect them, the running backs and Dylan McCullough all echoed it the other day. They set the tone. They and all of them said it. The offensive line has set the tone all practice, all fall. And there's nothing else to say, really. Christophic did well, in yeah. my opinion. Yep. He did well. Agreed. I thought he like I said, I was just worried about whether or not he was injured. Jared Patterson, like you said. I don't think they're really worried about Jared Patterson. I heard somebody tell me today that he he's really fine and it's just going to be his pain threshold, you know? Yeah. So I think the starting line will be in there, but I'm very, I thought Billy Shrouth, I was watching, watching the uh, third year. I was like, Oh, okay. They have some really young talent and we already know the offensive line wave they have coming, you know, in the next two classes. So that's, this offensive line unit is going to be pretty much once again what Notre Dame is all about. They're going to set the tone for this team as far as physicality. The blessing of it is is now they have guys on the other side that truly challenge them on a daily basis yeah. and help to make them even better. And that is something maybe Vince has been closer to the program than me, but I can't recall a battle like this in the trenches for a fall camp with both both sides just go at it constantly. Well, it's been great. And I the one thing I did notice from an offensive line standpoint is that the offensive line was still moving the defensive line, even with Kristoffic mm-hmm. in there. Now, look, Andrew Kristoffic is not Jarrett Patterson. No. I think we can all agree that that's the case, right? Jarrett Patterson is arguably the best offensive lineman that they have. So, but Andrew looks like he was a starter. Like, yeah. you know, last year he got about half the starts. He looked like a starter, you know? It's a step up when Patterson's in there, but as a group, as an offensive line, they were moving the defensive line. If yeah. the running back just fell over where the <laughs> offensive line stopped, they were still gaining yards. Yeah, we couldn't say that last year. Yeah, okay, we haven't been able to say that a lot in the past uh, few years. Okay, they were moving the defensive line. That's huge. Even if it wasn't a padded practice, that's still something that we want to see. That's something that. Brian and I had talked about a million different times is reestablishing the line of scrimmage, right? Down the field. That's what you want. That's what I saw today. I did see that an awful lot, you know? So that was my biggest takeaway was as a unit, they were moving the defensive line, which, which is great to see. Yeah. I think fundamentally that's my, my biggest takeaway just from what I've seen as well is the fact that, I mean, of course I expect Harry, he's saying to work its wonders with Joe Walt and Blake Fisher and all these extremely talented players, but I it's the it's the physicality and just kind of the mantra of playing offensive line at the University of Notre Dame, which is my biggest thing that I'm looking forward for Harry he stands. So even though Jared Patterson, if he does isn't able to play in the first game, that's a huge loss. I still have confidence that a guy like an Andrew Kristoff, to your point, or whoever else is thrust in there is going to play with that same type of tenacity to your point, Vince. And that was one thing that the biggest takeaways from your practice report was they were still moving the line of scrimmage, even without with the absence of, Arguably, well, their most experienced offensive lineman and right. arguably the best right now. So 
great, great notes there, fellas. I want to say moving on now, Vince, this is our favorite time. We're talking some wide receivers. I know you're a big wide receiver guy. And two guys that we have talked at nauseum lately, honestly, is, is two guys that we are particularly very interested to see because one's a freshman, Tobias Merriweather, who has right. been extremely consistent throughout the camp. And Marcus Freeman talked a little bit about it. He seems to have just pressed through that freshman wall with ease at this point throughout camp, which is something that you have to worry about with a freshman that's coming in, especially one that was not there in the spring. Like this is a kid that was just, you know, just dropped off in the summer. So Tobias Merriweather's one. The other one is the newest addition to the room, which is funny because I'm just talking about a freshman as not the newest addition. That's Xavier Watts who spent the, uh, the majority of last, well, not the majority of last season. I think October through the rest of the season playing safety was a safety through spring. Now with the, of course, the injury to Avery Davis, Notre Dame needed to find another answer to the depth of wide receiver. And we've talked a lot about Xavier Watts, you know, having the opportunity to play and to really impact the wide receiver room. In his second practice, Vince, take me through Xavier Watts, and then also, if you can, hit a little bit on Tobias Merriweather, what you saw from him. So Xavier Watts, is, is they generally split the wide receivers up into two groups. He's practicing with the the upper group, which is obviously good. I mean, that was one of the things that he had to be, not promised, but hey, you're going to get an opportunity to be with the upper group. And I think that's super important because that's where he deserves to be. Uh, During drill time, uh, and I I took a bunch of video of that during drill time, he looked good. He had one drop that, you know, just hit him in the hands and fell out. You know, he's got to work on some of the little things. There's no question about that. And Chancey Stuckey, was working with him specifically on some of the little footwork issues, you know, things of that nature. doesn't take away from his athletic explosiveness and his speed and all of that. It's just, hey, we're going to fine-tune this thing. We're going to turn you into a top-level wide receiver. That's awesome. He's never been coached at the college level as a top-level wide receiver, okay? So this is a great opportunity for him. Once they got into the team, he was working with the twos. Uh, he was also working with the threes. But that's more, hey, let's get this kid as many reps as we possibly can. Doesn't necessarily matter who's throwing him the ball. It's all about his stems, the top of his routes, you know, all of these different things. Made a couple of nice catches. There was one catch, and it was a, it was a, it was a third-team rep, but it was a, a pass down the field. Steven Jelly put it up. He went over two dudes, yeah. that thing down, and, and caught it. And it was, okay, I, in case anybody didn't already know, Xavier Watts can play wide receiver, okay? Like he went and high pointed that thing and brought it down, and it was pretty darn impressive. Okay, uh, made a couple of nice catches over the middle earlier on. Um, you know, again, is he a polished wide receiver yet? No, and I don't think anybody expects him to be a polished wide receiver yet. He still has two weeks in a day to become somebody that they can count on or somebody that can at least be in the rotation and help them from a depth standpoint. He will help them on Saturdays. He will help them in the Ohio State game. I have no doubt in my mind. He looks the part already. Some little things he needs to get cleaned up, and that's where Chancey Stuckey comes in. And you know what? He's doing a great job with them. And I there was one point where he made a catch on the sideline. I want to say, and Chancey Stuckey went up to him, gave him a high five. You know, it's like he's he's starting to fit into that room and fit into the culture and and all of that. So it was really good to see. And clearly, something I was watching pretty closely because, I mean, look, Brian's a huge Xavier Watts fan. I'm right behind him, so he gets to be the president. I'll be the vice on this one. I, I'm a huge fan of Xavier Watts. And I'm really excited that he's going to get an opportunity finally back on offense. Yeah, now nah, it's really exciting. Vince, just for some general specifics of the practice. I know we heard yesterday Xavier Watts was playing wide receiver and playing some safety split between the 26 and the four Jersey strictly, strictly wide receiver today. I'm, I'm assuming yeah, strictly wide receiver. He did not go uh, over there at all. Actually, uh, somebody that I had not seen at safety up to this point was Ryan Barnes. He he lined up at safety with the third team. So I don't know if that's wow. – maybe that was just a thing today. Maybe that maybe, – maybe they're just messing with us and want us to write something. I don't know. Uh, but it was the third team. I was like, wait a minute, that's 15 back there. And Interesting. He looked – uncomfortable is not the right word, but he definitely didn't look like he knew what he was doing. Okay, this, he looked green. Is, yes, look green. This yeah. is a new situation for him. That is for sure. He was just kind of out there, um, yeah. and just kind of flow into the ball, you know, that kind of a thing. So, um, so yeah, but he was there for the third team. That's all I can say. 
who knows what that means? I'm sure we'll find out as we move forward. But you know, yeah. when you take a safety away, sometimes you got to replace a safety. I mean, that, it's a domino effect, right? So, uh, but no, Xavier Watts is, is he's starting to look the part uh, very quickly. And you asked me about Tobias Merriweather too, right? And I was yes, I went off on Xavier Watts, but um, <laughs> Brian is Brian is just smiling and giggling behind the scenes because he's <laughs> the whole time on Xavier Watts. <laughs> look. Tobias Merriweather, the first practice that we got to see, like my mouth like hit the floor. It was the first time I'd ever seen him in person. It's like, okay, this is what Notre Dame's been missing at wide receiver for a really, really long time. Okay. He's he's green though. He is green. Okay. And one of the things that they were really working on him with was because he's so tall and he's so lanky. He's got long legs, he's got long arms, right? Mm-hmm. Is getting low in his brakes and being under control. You know, that kind of stuff. They were really working on balance and staying low, things like that. Just refining what is already a really good game for him. Uh, he was exclusively with the twos today. Uh, I don't, he might have gotten a couple of three reps just because of a depth situation, uh, but he was exclusively with the twos when they were doing team and whatnot. I mean, was making plays. He's everything that I expect him to be. The only question mark I have is how quickly they're going to get him acclimated to games. You know, what is his workload going to be in game one at Ohio State as a true freshman, right? What's that workload going to look like? You cannot have him on the sideline the whole time and expect to win that game. You can't. I'm sorry. You can't. He is a weapon that you have to use. So what does that look like? I don't know. But he has progressively gotten better and better and more confident in himself and in his his movements and his ball placement, all of those different things, his ball catching – He's going to be special. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Dude's going to be special. Especially with the depth issues in wide receiver right now. Like, Tobias Merriweather has to play. These guys have Absolutely. to play. I, I love the note to Vince of Ryan Barnes because we're going to talk about secondary a little bit later, but a good little – I mean, that's a really good observation and very different than what we've seen. Sean, if I could just yeah. get you to talk just a second on wide receivers. There's yeah. a lot of other talented guys out there, right? Lorenzo Styles Jr. I know Deion Coles, he was off on the side with Jane Thomas working it out a little bit. Yeah. What was there any other standouts for you where you could just reiterate a couple points that Vince made about the other two guys? Yeah, I saw a lot of defensive backs frustrated. They can't defend yeah. Michael Mayer. They, oh. they can't. It doesn't matter what route he runs. They yeah. can't. It's almost like they like they cheat. You right. see it. They know the plays. They cheat, and they still can't stop. How about that tight end pick play that they had, John? Yeah. Oh. Fantastic. And it's you can't like, stop that. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. Kevin Bauman set in the pick for Michael yeah, Mayer. For Michael Mayer. Get out of here. And like, then later on with the second unit, Vince, we see them running all different types of stuff with Holden Stace and Eli Rarity. Right. It's right. almost like Tommy's like, oh my God, I have two <laughs> combos that I can work with. We're going to run a four <laughs> tight end set at some point, you know? Absolutely. But getting back to the wide receivers, Vince, I thought the drills that Chancey Stuckey ran them through, like you said, focusing on balance. And I saw him point out to uh, Tobias and also to uh, X, Xavier Watts, just even in their stance, like get low. Don't lean forward. Get low in your stance and come out and just setting them up with that. And the thing they went with with the fly route, you know, taking the contact and getting low and being able to take and, and accelerate through. And I was jealous because I wish I could do the other drill where they hop from one leg to the next leg to the next leg <laughs> and had to hold their balance and yeah. then come out of their break. It was like, be balanced and come out of your break. And then, like you said, just, I don't know, Vince, did you see anything like that the I, last few years? I have never <laughs> seen that drill before. That balance drill, like that balance drill was awesome, you know, and, and I struggled with it at first. Now, they after did. did it a few times, they started they to get it. But they've never run that drill before either. You know, you so, could tell. So just to kind of like give a picture, they had to start out on two feet and then hop and land on their right leg and hold. And they couldn't jump to the left leg forward until they held for like a two count. Yeah, yeah. And then they would jump and hold for a two count and then jump back to the right leg and hold for another two count. And the next thing was plant your left leg and come back to the ball. And it was like, yo, this is yeah. this is insane. I wish I was athletic enough to be able to do that at this point because it looks fun. 
Yeah. It looks like that's something that's challenging. And Absolutely. as a competitor, like you want to get it, you know, you want to overcome it. And I think they did well as a group. Xavier Watts caught just about every route, a pass that he caught a slant. He caught a fly route. He caught a quick post. He caught a comeback on the side. He caught just about every route you could catch today. Like yep. every route you could catch, he caught it. He took reps with the ones. He took reps with the twos. Yep. And he took reps with the threes. It is, I think, the urgency for him and Tobias Merriweather to be contributors Absolutely. has gone up a notch mm-hmm. since last Friday. And we all know what happened last Friday, unfortunately. Right. Since sure. last Friday, the, the bell has gone off. Like, hey, you have to be ready September 3rd. Vince, did you see when Chancey got at Tobias Merriweather? No, I didn't. It was in this, uh, he was in a slot. Okay. He ran a great corner route, great corner route, and beat Jaden Mickey. And Drew Pine, it was high, but he's 6'4", and the ball went through his hands. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. And play. he was running back to the to the huddle, and Chancey met him. It was like, get your head around and catch the ball. It was like, yo. But that's the urgency. Yes. Like, it. yo, you it. have to be able to make that play. We need you. As Ryan said, Deion Cozy and Jay Thomas, they're on the sideline. Cozy was wearing a knee brace. Jay Thomas is trying to nurse back yeah. from a hamstring. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know who we're really walking into the horseshoe with, but we right. know we need both of you right. to be able to contribute. So, right. absolutely, yeah, the urgency is there. It's definitely there for that group. And well, I, I, speaking of the urgency, you didn't to cut you off, bud. Um, uh, Joe Wilkins was full go in this practice. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be full go if they're hitting. Yeah. But he was full go in this practice, was cutting, was yeah. making plays, was at the front of the line during drills. I mean – he looked like the Joe Wilkins of old, I will say. Um, I, he His trajectory is on on pace to be a contributor on September 3rd. And That's great at this point, hear. they need that. I mean, I don't think he's going to start, but he needs to be in that rotation. He needs to be involved, right? And I think he's on pace to do that, which is great, which, is, which was great to see. Yeah, no, that, that was one of my favorite things that I took away from your report, Vince, is you just said it. He looked like his old self. And I was like, yeah. that's, that's great to hear, man. Like as me and Brian have talked about it and Brian's been kind of like a little, I mean, slightly skeptical, you know, cause I mean, he's coming back and it, you know, it's just kind of easing him back. And then looks like he's yeah. getting, getting to his uh, full speed pretty quickly, which is a good thing to see. Yep. So one thing you mentioned, Sean, which was a great segue into our next kind of part of practice. You talked a little bit about Michael Mayer can't, can't be guarded. I don't want to spend too much time on Michael Mayer though. He's the best tight end in college football. <laughs> no. yeah. you, you did mention, though, that Kevin Bauman was a part of that pick play, right? So he had his yeah. role there, he kind of doing a little bit of the dirty work. Vince, I guess I could start with you here. You mentioned in your practice report a little bit about Holden Stage. You mentioned a little bit about Eli Raritan. You mentioned about Kevin Bauman. Talk to me about some of the other tight ends not named Michael Mayer and just <laughs> what you saw them doing fundamentally in this practice that maybe a couple of things that stood out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So uh, Bauman and Mayer were predominantly the one-two punch with the ones. Um, <clears throat> there was a couple of plays where Kane Barong got in, uh, but they were few and far between. It, it was primarily those two. The the second group were the two freshmen. Uh, it was Barong and Raritan. And I'm sorry, man, and I know this is cliche, but they didn't look like freshmen to me. Like, th- those two boys are put together physically. Yes. Um, it didn't appear to me that they were running the wrong routes. You know, they were making plays. Those those two can play right now, and I would have no problem with that whatsoever. And that's, 
you know, I'm not saying anything negative about Kane Barong or anybody else, but they weren't given any opportunities today because I think the separation has begun. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Bauman is that number two tight end because he's been around the program for a really long time. You, he knows what to do. He's trusted. He's a big body. He's going to be a great number two, right? The other two freshmen, though, if they're subbing in, they're going to be just fine. They're going to be just fine. And they're going to, they're not, they should not be afraid to throw the ball to either one of those guys if they happen to be in the game. Yeah. Period. And, and I love that they're working together because they're very different football players, right? So I know Brian just put a message up on here. Barong and Raritan aren't fully clear. That's part of it as well. It's a great point, Brian. Brian making great points when he's not even on the show. Tell me who else could do that. Hey, not many. No kidding. But Eli Raritan and Holden Stays play very different brands of football, which I like how it fits. And I've talked to Brian about this maybe two days ago, Vince, just saying like, Michael Mayer can do everything. So it's like any other type can fit with a Michael Mayer, yes, right? So absolutely. whether it's Bauman or Barang or whoever, ultimately as the number two tight ends, I think that there's a lot of options that can do a lot of other things. So John, I, I, I take it just kind of, you know, looking at you smiling and just kind of agreeing with Vince, you were pretty impressed with those freshmen as well, it seems. Like, as I said before, just Michael Mayer, you can't. There's a lot of hung heads today when he was out there taking reps. Just a lot of hung heads in the defensive backfield. Like, we can't do anything with him. I'm glad he's on our team. Yeah. One exactly. of the things I pointed out, though, Vince, this was this is when I said Tommy was in his bag today. I don't know if you saw this. It was second and third unit, and Rarity and Stace were on the field together, and they were both detached. One play, it was three wide to the left, other wide receiver to the right. This is 12 personnel, though. There's two tight ends. Yep. Raritan's on the inside to the left. Stace is outside of him. The receiver, receiver's outside of them to the left. Raritan runs like a hitch, and Stace runs a post behind it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Tommy's in his bag. Like, he's just like, oh, I can do so many things with the guys. Then he comes back in, and he puts the two tight ends on the outside and puts the receivers on the inside. Yep. And they just both run fade routes. And you get to choose. Sorry about that. You get to choose which one you want to throw to based upon the matchup. It's right. It's like it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. It's incredible the way that this offense is going to look. Like they're going to take take chances, and you know they're going to be physical and run the ball. Absolutely. They're going to take chances because they have the talent to do it. So it's going to be exciting to watch. But yeah, the tight end room is once again. What it's always been in Notre Dame. Yeah. What it's always been. Man, you have, I mean, just so many different styles, though, which is what I'm excited about. I mean, you have Michael Mayer that's 6'5", 265. Raritan's almost 6'7", 240. You got Holden Stage who's like 6'4", 245, 250. You got Barang that's 6'3", 240 plus. Like, they're all just different body types, different styles, which gets me really excited about it. Sean, I'm going to come back to you in a second. Because I want to ask you about a couple of freshman defensive backs. But Vince, you already started out to talk a little bit about Ryan Barnes getting a little bit of reps at safety. Who knows yeah. what is exactly up with that? But what were just a couple of key observations from the secondary perspective as we kind of flip over to the defensive side of the ball? Well, I know this is going to shock a lot of people, but Brandon Joseph is a dude. Um, I mean, he he's over there barking orders to everybody. I mean, he's a leader in that defensive backfield, telling everybody where to go, you know, flying to the football, had an interception. The one long ball that Drew Pine threw got picked off by Fran Joseph. I mean, and it was underthrown, uh, but it was still a great play by Joseph because he just went up and snatched it, fell on his back, but still caught it. It was a great play. Um, I mean, the guy's a dude. He's just a dude. Um, surprisingly, or at least slightly surprisingly, is that Houston Griffith started off next to him. Now, they were rotating a lot in the defensive backfield, um, but it was it was those two to start. And then it was uh, DJ Brown and Ramon Henderson kind of running with the twos, but they were running guys on and off like crazy. So I wouldn't like put that in stone per se, uh, but that that's who they were playing at safety. Cam Hart was making plays all over the field. They, they, they were not really going after him, which I, I think he's pretty used to at this point. Uh, but I mean, he was making plays all over the field. He, he looks the part um of of a number one corner there's no doubt about that 
Uh, right now, it's Clarence Lewis at, at the other corner, and it's Tariq Bracey at, at, uh, at the nickel. And they haven't wavered from that at all from the start of camp. So that tells me, and from what I've seen with my own eyes, those two are playing good football. They're playing yeah. good enough football to hold off the guys behind them, which is great news. So th- it's been that starting group the entire fall. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, and of course, I mean, I'll, I'll let I'll let Sean take over on some of the younger guys. But uh, from the starters, I got exactly what I anticipated. They their trajectory is going in the right direction as camp goes on. As mm-hmm. I said, they were kind of cheating is such a bad word but when you're when you're at practice and you know what's coming it's hard not to okay so the dbs were making some plays there's no doubt about it they were getting their hands on balls they were tipping balls not a lot of interceptions today but a lot of tip balls so they, they were making plays well, speaking of making plays, Sean, we saw in the spring Jaden Mickey was making a lot of plays. And, of course, he has a freshman running mate at cornerback now, Benjamin Morrison. So we've heard a lot about Jaden Mickey, obviously, from the spring into the fall. Give me a little bit on Mickey, but also more important – well, not more importantly, but more contextually from a Benjamin Morrison perspective. I don't know if we're calling these the guys the Eminem boys or if – I know that was a dad joke. I'm cool. It's fine. But tell me about <laughs> Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey. Jay Mickey gives Mike Mickens and Al Golden so much versatility. Yes, absolutely. That Notre Dame hasn't had. Like you talked about Clarence Lewis. When Clarence Lewis struggled, there was really no one else to go to. And that's that's not the case this year, right? Because you can take him out. You can put Jay Mickey in a slot and then push Tariq Bracey out, you know, to the field. I also saw, you know, like you said, Vince, Cam Hart. You know, he's almost like Michael Mayer on the defensive side. Right. He He's a dude. Like, he, he's the dude in the defensive backfield. But Mickey and Morris and Benjamin, they were all over the field today. All over the field. Deflections, in plays. Even if it was a running game, Mickey was putting his nose in the running game from the slot. He's just a tough kid. He's a really tough kid. And it just harkens me back to the matchup he had in the quarterfinals of the high school playoffs out there in California when he went up against CJ Williams and uh, that squad. And he would talk trash the entire game and they really outplayed, but they couldn't just couldn't score in the red zone. So that's his confidence. He's a confident kid. He really comes in with a lot of confidence. He plays that way. He talks that way, but then he walks the walk along with that. And Morrison is just really quiet, but he's solid. And honestly, you know, he got into a skirmish. Yeah, he did. With OB Diggs today, but I liked it. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I didn't, Vince, I didn't even think it was that bad. I was oh, like, no. that, the red jersey is gone. What you mad about? Right. He, he stepped tackled him. He tackled him. That's, that's a darn good play. Yeah, he tackled him. It was a it was yeah. a swing pass to the to the running back to Diggs, and Morrison tackled him. And he it wasn't him like a, it wasn't a hard tackle, but it was a tackle. Oh. And Logan got up all mad, threw the ball at him, and they push each other a little bit. Okay, yeah. whatever. They're competing. And that freshman, he did not back down. No. Logan he hit him back. Yeah, exactly. I loved it. So you loved it. I'm like, okay, I like this kid. So the depth <laughs> of the position, and it's a position that I think Mike Mickens has taken a lot of heat for his recruiting. But if you watch Mickey and Morris, and it's like, there's nothing else to say about recruiting. Position. <laughs> it's like, okay, like forget the crew he has coming in 23. Like this crew right here, they're good. And they're going to play early and yield dividends. So how good – just the fact that we have that combo for the next three years, Absolutely. when you think about it, it's like, okay. Yeah, the depth is real and the yes. future is bright. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know and we're, I mean? we're not even talking about Philip Riley, who I think also had a couple of good plays today, the young man. Yeah. So you like what you see. Yeah. You like what you see. They, In my opinion, Vince, they were at their best in the seven-on-seven. Yeah. Oh, no question. There were seven on seven. The defensive backfield was yeah. making plays like the entire time that they went seven right. on seven. There were not a lot of completions during seven on seven. No, it's no. it's like that they were reading the playbook of the offense or whatever. I <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but like they were breaking on balls. There just were not a lot of completions during seven on seven. They just weren't. Vince. That's not very. That's not very typical. That's a very offensive driven type of type yeah. Of not today. Part of practice. Yeah. Wow. Who do you think communicates better? Because this just I just want to point out the level of communication that's going on on the defensive side of the ball that we weren't used to. Yeah. 
And Al Golden was stressing that in the spring yeah. in a couple of practices that we went to. Absolutely. The yeah. linebackers are the defensive backfield. Because it's like you have to listen. They both are yeah. chirping at the same time. There's a lot of chatter going on, and I'm not used to hearing it as much from the linebackers. I'm used to hearing it because, look, we had Kyle Hamilton back there, yeah, right? Yeah. And he was always putting people in the right spots. I'm a little surprised that Brandon Joseph is doing it already, right? I mean, he hasn't been there that long. And he, you know, he was doing it uh, in – the first full practice that we saw, he wasn't playing with the first yeah. team because they were working a minute, you know, that kind of thing. But he's literally telling guys where to line up from the sideline, yeah. right? And now he's in the game and he's doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, he's clearly respected. He is clearly listened to. He's already a leader in that secondary. Um, and so I, I guess I want to say I expect it, but it's still earlier than I anticipated. You know what I mean? So I would say I'm more surprised at the linebackers because – they haven't always been the most vocal group on mm-hmm. that defense. And now you're starting to hear they are now. often. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, it's great to hear. Vince, Ryan, I don't know if you guys know this, but 16 is greater than 14. I'll leave it at that. Ooh, that is quite the statement right there. That is quite <laughs> the Sean, statement. Sean, you always keep us ready here, buddy. I'll, I'll say this, Sean. I'm actually going to come to you. Because we're going to get to our mailbag here in just a couple minutes, but I want to leave us off with just a couple final thoughts. You can talk about a couple of players that maybe you didn't see or just an overall arcing type of conversation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we talked about many of the headlines. Again, if you haven't checked out the full practice report from Vince Dario, that guy right up there, go down to boards.irishbreakdown.com. But, Sean, a couple more tidbits from practice if there's anything that we haven't talked about or something that you just wanted to kind of put, put the bow on this uh, practice talk. Uh, Prince Collie had a couple of plays where he just blew up the run play, just blew it up. And he was fantastic. The depth they have at the linebacker position. I think they started out, if I'm not mistaken, they started out with Bo, JD, and, and Kaiser out there. Yeah. Yeah. And then was coming in with Junior. Yeah. And they were just shifting guys in the depth at the linebackers. It's just amazing. The speed is so. Everything is just so much better. They just play at a much faster pace. And you yeah. can see that they know exactly what they're doing. And they're not thinking about anything. You you can tell. Like right. the coaching and, and the the nuances and the philosophies, everything has been absorbed. There is no more trying to figure it out. And you love to see that with two weeks left before the first game that they can just go play. For me, that stood out along right. with the defensive backfield, just getting after it and making plays specifically in that seven on seven. And the one guy out, like I said, Prince Collie for me stood out. And I think the youngsters on the interior had a really good day in team reps. I really do. I, I saw Jason Onye flash Tyson Ford, you know, he ran off a little gimpy towards the end of practice and I hope he's okay. But just watching those young guys on the inside, this is a really good team. I'm sorry, folks. Yeah. I know people want to give the traditional Notre Dame answers, like they don't have the talent, da-da-da. This is a really talented football team. Yeah. What's going to happen on the field, we'll wait and see, but the talent's there. All right, well, Vince, uh, maybe to end this conversation, anything else you want to throw out there, any players that, that pop to you, any any final thoughts on the practice from today? You know, I I was I was impressed with the running backs. Uh, you know, the top three guys, they're interchangeable. I mean, of course they they're better at different things. Uh, but when you're talking about Chris Tyree, you're talking about Logan Diggs, you're talking about Audric Estime, all three of those guys could be bell cow backs depending on who's hot that day. And I would have no problem with any one of those three guys. Uh, Jabron Payne is still the fourth guy. Doesn't mean he can't come in and get you a few snaps, but he's the fourth guy. The other three guys, if healthy should be out there before him. And it's nothing against Jabron Payne. That's just the fact that he's a true freshman and, in my opinion, needs a little bit of time in the weight room, right? Needs to get that upper body a little bit strong. He's got strong legs, man, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Just needs to kind of work on that upper body just a little bit more. But if if all four of those guys stay healthy, the top three guys are going to get a ton of reps. And I'm I don't care who it is. I really don't. I mean, it's going to be up to the offensive coaches to have to decide, okay, is it seven? Is it 25? Is it 22? Who's got the hot hand today? Maybe it's two guys. Okay, we're going two back sets. We'll put somebody in the slot. You know, we'll move them around, whatever. 
those three, all three of those guys can play the game. And, you know, it was fun to watch, even though there was no tackling or taking to the ground today or anything like that. There were still a few plays where the running backs got loose. Right. And I'm telling you guys, this is going to be a run centric team. There's no question about it. They'll put their points up on and and they'll get their yards in the, in the pass game. But with this offensive line and those three running backs, sit back and have some fun, get the popcorn out because it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know you mentioned it earlier, Vince, but it was also nice to hear that Logan Diggs did not have the red jersey on today, oh. which is a great step yes. to be cleared on Monday, I believe, is when everything is full, full contact today, obviously not in pads. So that is going to do it for the practice report portion of this podcast. But don't go anywhere because we're going to get to the mailbag in just a second. Before we do, make sure that you like, share, subscribe to this podcast, hit the notification bell, <clears throat> join the message board boards.irishbreakdown.com and make sure to share this podcast. It is only two weeks and a day, as Vince said, until Notre Dame Fighting Irish kick off against the Ohio State Buckeyes. So continue to grow this great community we have at Irish Breakdown. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.